0: with you.
1: And also with you.
0: Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this third Sunday of Advent. And especially if you're visiting with us today, we're delighted that you are here. There is on each one of the pews a friendship pad. It's a black folder and it's near the center aisle. We'd love to have you take it and fill it out and let us know you're here with us and then pass it down the row so other people can do that too. Today out on the patio instead of donuts, our students are selling baked goods to uh, benefit their trip to Molokai over spring break, their mission trip. So you'll find those out there today after the service, lots of good stuff. Also, at the end of the second service, at 11.30 this morning, there is a group that is going to spend about 45 minutes quietly meditating on on scripture. They will be up in Hills Hall, which is right above the Rose Garden, and everybody is welcome to join them if you'd like a little quiet in this season. Today uh, is the last day to sign up to give a poinsettia for being up here for the Christmas season. You can sign up for those out on the patio and say who you'd like to dedicate it to or who you'd like to remember with it. And we're also taking some collections for Bethlehem Village that we set up for the children at Christmas time. You can find some cards out there asking you to bring olives or olive oil or various things that they need to make that feel like a, a bit of a touching and sensing experience. Next Sunday morning, in both services, our service will be the children's musical. And in addition to the children's musical, this year we will have a short family sermon and not a long grown-up sermon. So you might really like that. You might find out how how much you like short family sermons. It's going to be a great day. The kids are going to have quite a lot of uh, fun stuff in that musical. It's really exciting. And Christmas Eve, you notice we have, again, a 2 o'clock, a 4 o'clock, a 7 and a nine o'clock service. Steve will be preaching the two o'clock and the four o'clock services, and Gareth will be preaching the seven and the nine. And if you would like to invite somebody to attend that with you, there are some cards that are still at each one of the entrances. You can take that and invite somebody to come with you. This week, Elaine Robinson passed into the presence of the Lord on Monday, and her service is going to be on January 5th at two in the afternoon. Gareth.
2: Actually, it's a short sermon by a long pastor, okay? (laughs) We want to celebrate the reality that these flowers today are for Dave and Kathy Sizer, their 48th wedding anniversary. And if you look on the back of your connections, you will see a, a little measurement thermostat or whatever you'd like to call it of where we're at with our budget for the end of the year, you can see uh, we're not quite there yet. And uh, we would like to end the year with great tidings of good joy, or good tidings of great joy. And so uh, we know that you have a lot of goodwill for this congregation, and uh, we know that you'd like to make up that gap. So if uh, God puts that on your heart, pull out your checkbook and do it.
3: Steve? Steve? I'll make up for it today with a very long sermon, so (laughs) let's pray. Lord God Almighty, King of glory and love eternal, you are worthy at all times to receive adoration, praise, and blessing. We praise you now for sending your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, for whom our hearts wait and to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, be honor now and forever. Lord, send the living waters of your Holy Spirit this morning to revive us, to enliven us, to bring forth new life within us. Through Emmanuel, God with us, we pray, amen.
1: On this third Sunday, we light these candles as a symbol of God's love for us of our love for one another. Church, the Lord rejoices over us with gladness and he renews us in his love. And so this morning we sing, Come, Light Our Hearts. For you Truly our hope is in you, truly our hope is in you. Sing the verse if you'd like, verse 2.
2: Israel, rejoice and exalt with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more.
1: On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak.
2: The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. At that time, I will bring you home. At the time when I gather you, says the Lord.
1: While by the sheep we watched at night Lord, there's a longing in our hearts
0: for love that we only find in you.
1: There is a-
0: And so we pray responsively. In a few days' time, we will be celebrating the birth of Christ. We confess our longing and our need for Christ to be born anew in us and among us, for our lives to be restored to wholeness. So we pray, Restore Restore us, us, O O God, God. let Let your your face face shine shine, that that we we may may be saved. saved. We confess, O God, to our complicity in the frenzy of consumerism, the unreality of expectations, the tension of gift-giving, and the pressure to attend gatherings, and so we pray, restore Restore us, us, O O God, God. let Let your your face face shine that that we may may be saved. We confess, O God, our need to be restored are longing to be more like Christ in heart, mind, and action. And so we turn to you and pray, Restore Restore us, us, O God. Let let your your face face shine that that we may be be saved. And hear now the silent confessions of our hearts. for we pray through Christ the coming one, amen. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away and you comforted me. Behold the Advent God, Emmanuel, comes among us, setting us free to love and serve. Thanks Thanks be be to God, God. Amen. amen.
3: I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the book of Zephaniah in the Old Testament. A book I've never preached on before. First for everything. So the book of Zephaniah, you'll find it on page 877 in the Old Testament portion of your pew Bible. The book was probably written sometime between 600 and 650 B.C. we are reading from chapter 3, verse 14 through 20. Hear God's word to you and allow these words to bring you joy and hope and comfort this morning. Hear God's word. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion, do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. O God, our beginning and end, by whose command time runs its course, bless our impatience, perfect our faith, And while we await the fulfillment of your promises, grant us hope in your word. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Several weeks ago, I was taking a walk up a hill on a neighboring street. I noticed a framed picture out in front of a person's house. I looked closely from far away, and there was a large sign on it that said, free, right at the top. And like you, I've seen a ton of items out in front of people's homes with free signs attached, but rarely have I seen a framed picture out in front of someone's house that says free at the top. Now, as I got closer, I could see the picture was much larger than I had thought before. It was about chest high, and it was about this wide. And the closer I got, the more I noticed it wasn't a picture or a portrait or a beautiful scene of the ocean or of the mountains or of a desert. Rather, there were words and sentences, all of different fonts and sizes. And now I'm getting interested. I slowed down and I started to read these these phrases. They were all motivational sayings. Some that I had seen before, some I had heard before, some I had never heard before. Would you like to hear some of them? Maybe you need a little encouragement or motivation with all your Christmas shopping this week, so maybe one you'll take to heart. Here's a few that I wrote down. Hustle and heart will set you apart. No excuses, only results. You can do it. Hard work beats talent. Always believe in the impossible. Believe, and you're halfway there. Change your thoughts, and you will change your world. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. The future depends on what you do today. Don't look back. You're not going that way. And my favorite, you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. (laughs) I think I'm going to make that my credo from now on. Steve, you're not here to be average. You are here to be awesome. Amen. Now, as I read, and there were many more, it just kept going, and as I got to the bottom of the frame, there was a little handwritten note at the bottom, and it said this. This didn't work for me. (laughs) This is the whole line. This didn't work for me. You can have it. Now, as we were singing just recently, our hearts and our souls long for something. Our hearts and our souls long for someone who will work for us, who will work for our joy. That sign, it stayed out there for days. (laughs) There were no takers until trash pickup the following Wednesday. And every time I walked by that sign for the days to come, I thought of all the things that waste management must come across that evidently didn't work for the owner. I thought of all the how-to books, get-rich books and diet books that promised a whole new life, exercise machines. You ever seen exercise machines just sitting out there that promised a tight and fit body? blenders and food processors that promised health and vitality, mattresses that promised a good night's sleep. What you wouldn't do for a good night's sleep. Desks and computers that promised efficiency and connectedness with others, and dining room tables that promised family get-togethers. And most recently, I know you've seen them, all those candidate signs that made unattainable promises of a restored city, state, nation, and world. The day after the election, I saw tons of them just filling trash bins. Now, all of these items on the roadside, with the owner in so many words saying, this didn't work for me, you can have it. I remember reading an N.T. Wright's book, How God Became King, He shared about the United Kingdom, that each time a vote is taken for the next prime minister, there are such high expectations in that country. We think to ourselves, he says, of Britain, that maybe this time, maybe this time our ruler will work for us and make all of our hopes and all of our dreams come true and fix all of our problems. And then he says, inevitably, after six months, the nation feels let down. We find out that ruler is merely human, just like the rest of us. Our hearts and our souls, he said, were made for so much more. In the Old Testament, during the time of Judges, probably about 1,000 or 1,100 B.C., Israel hoped if we just have a king, If we can just have a king like all the other nations around us, then finally all of our hopes and all of our dreams will come true. And Samuel was the prophet and leader of Israel at the time, and we can tell in the passage that Samuel took it personally. He took it negatively, didn't he? Well, what does that say about me if they'd rather have a king? And God said to Samuel this, quote, They have not rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected me. They have rejected me from being king over them. So Samuel, give the people what they want. God in His mercy and His grace still made a covenant with Israel along with their king. This is what God said at that. If you will fear the Lord and serve Him, and heed his voice, and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. And if both you as Israel and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, then it will go well with you. But, notice there's always a but in these prophecies, but... If you will not heed the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you. In other words, who or what will you trust is working for you, is working for your joy? We read along, there was King Saul, by the way, that didn't go very well. There was King David, and we know that story. That didn't go too well either. And then there was King Solomon that started out so well, and it didn't finish so well. And then the kingdom of Israel, as a result, was divided. With Israel to the north, and Judah with Jerusalem in her to the south. And if you keep reading along in the Old Testament, there was king after king after king after king, and some of them were good. Let me rephrase that. Very few of them were good, and they even had their flaws. But most of them, we read, were evil. It reminded me of that quote. Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so as we read along, there was pride and arrogance and corruption, murder, adultery, the exploitation of the poor and the weak, trusting other nations for their security, the desecration of the temple, and last but not least, the worship of idols would all lead to breaking that covenant with God. In so many words, the people and the rulers were saying, this God Yahweh doesn't work for me. You can have him. The impending judgment of God, warned by the prophets, was no longer a threat. It would now be a reality. And in 587 BC, the Babylonians would lay siege to Jerusalem. They would tear down her walls, destroy the temple, and take countless into exile. If you were one who was living in Judah or in Israel at the time, you would have thought this was unimaginable. How in the world could this happen to us? We are the chosen people of God. My son was coming home for Thanksgiving break, and when the train pulled up at San Juan, he got out of the train, he got into our car, and he said, Dad, I have this very important book report due after Thanksgiving. I said, well, what's the book? He said, it's a book by Walter Brueggemann. Do you ever hear of Walter Brueggemann? And I said, well, I want to tell you something. I meet with Walter once a year. We have coffee together and we talk. And finally at once, my son looked at me like I knew a rock star. And one time when I was sitting with Walter and we were having a cup of coffee, now by the way, I'd say it was a beer, but he goes to a Nazarene college, so I say coffee. So one time as we were sitting there having a cup of coffee, we were talking about a book that he was going to write called Reality, Grief, and Hope. And Walter said to me, and he said to my good friend John McKay, This is what the condition was of Israel at the time. They had allowed their ideology of chosenness, their ideology of exceptionalism, to cloud their understanding of what it means to truly follow God. And if we look... And if we look at the words of Zephaniah in chapter 1 and chapter 2, Zephaniah is coming before the people of Israel and Judah, and he's saying, listen, you need to see the reality of your situation. You need to get rid of this ideology that your chosenness, that you can take it for granted. And together as a country, as a people, you need to grieve your sin, and you need to repent, and you once again need to hope in the God of Israel. For the God of Israel has never stopped working for you. It's clear to Zephaniah that Judah will go through the crucible of Babylonian captivity, and yet, by vision, Zephaniah is telling us he can see the Israelites, the Judeans, to come out on the other side. They will come back home one day. And his desire for the people of God is to presently, at this time before the captivity, before the invasion, to take hope in this God who will be with you in this time of crucible. And I think we as a congregation, every one of us individually can relate to that, can't we? that even as before we go through some crucibles we see that are coming up, whether we are in the middle of a crucible right now or one that will come later, we can trust that God even now is working for us. And that's what he was calling Judah and for Israel to do. God has never stopped working for their good and their joy, even through crucibles. And what does Zephaniah do? In chapter 3, He puts the hope out before them. He says, For the true king of Israel will soon be in your midst before your very eyes. Who could Zephaniah be speaking of? There is no mere human king that could make the kind of claims that are made in chapter 3. A king who will take away our judgment and forgive us, who will deliver us from our enemies, our oppressors, who will take away our fears and restore our strength, who will rejoice and delight over us with gladness, who will renew us and quiet us in His love, who will sing over us as on a day of festival? who will bear our burdens upon His own back, who will save the lame, the outcast, the exile, who will bring us home and gather us together, causing us to gather shoulder to shoulder with people from other nations who trust God and who will rejoice and sing to the Lord God Almighty, this King who will restore our fortune, our joy before our very eyes. These are not the promises of a mere human king. This can only be the work of the true king of Israel, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who comes to us this Advent season, Christ our Lord. Christ our Lord is the one who was promised to be with us, to be near us, to indwell us by his spirit, to be in our midst the one who rejoices over us with singing and celebration that we are His children. Like Michelangelo at the Sistine Chapel, standing back and rejoicing over with tears at the creation and the work that He has made, so the true King of Israel, standing back and rejoicing over us of the good work that He has done to bring us home as His children. He does this with song and celebration. This is the kind of God and King that we look forward to this Advent season. We can say of all else, this didn't work for me. For we have a God in Jesus Christ who is always and ever working for us in our joy. And we can have him, we do have him as our Lord, our God, our Savior, and our King. As Isaiah says, From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for Him. Jeremiah said that God says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them, never to draw back from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts so they will not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing good to them. And I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all of my heart and all of my soul. Sunday before Thanksgiving, my mother passed away, and that was, that was a long, hard road, and I'm so thankful for many of you who have expressed your sympathy and sent me emails and texts and cards. It has brought great comfort to me. Two weeks later, we had a memorial for her down at Dana Point, took her ashes out to sea. And when I came back that afternoon, I was exhausted. I was finished, done. And we had dinner that Saturday night, and I sat down on the couch, and I turned to my wife, and I said, Jen, I don't know how I'm going to be able to go to church tomorrow. I am totally empty. I have nothing to give. And my wife turned to me, and she said, Steve, go ahead. Show up empty. God has got this for you. I suspect there are some of you who come here this morning that can relate. You feel empty. And some of you, God bless you, you come here this morning and you are filled with joy. Some of you see a crucible coming up. Some of you are right in the middle. Some of you have just come out on the other side. We're all different places here this morning. But God, through Jesus Christ, has promised us that He has always been and He is ever and always working for us for our good to bring us joy in His Son, Jesus. And there will be that day, that one day, where He will bring us home and we will stand shoulder to shoulder with saints of all ages and we will be rejoicing and our great King of Israel will be celebrating over us with song and celebration. But in the meantime, we trust He is working for us, even this day, this hour, this moment with us. Amen? Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith together. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated.
2: Please join me in prayer. Well Lord, some of us here today are showing up empty. We wonder where you are and what you're going to do. Our minds are full, our hearts are full of the tough things that we are enduring. Our losses, our pain, our fears... We do hope that you will and are working for us even while we despair. So we ask that you would help us by your Spirit to lean into promises that just don't seem like they're going to be fulfilled. Because as we look at the world today, we get frustrated, we feel disappointed. We see the pain internationally of continued people being driven from their own countries because of violence and fear. And the other countries of the world fearful to take them in. Millions of people that don't have a home and people with a home don't seem to want to give them a home. Lord, we look for our leaders to make sense out of all this and do something right with it. But we see so much evidence of how that's not worked in history. Our expectations are high, but the reality is what comes out of decisions is often so frustrating. Lord, this touches us not only in our international life, but our nation. Our state, our city, and our church, as well as our families. We like to believe somehow that you love us and therefore we're going to avoid pain, but reality is we don't. And then we try to find your love in the midst of all of that loss. So we ask for your help. We've heard your word and we ask for you to help us to put your word into hopeful action, even when we're showing up empty. So in our impatience, in our frustration, in our looking at the world of injustice, wondering if you're really working for us, we lean into the promise that you are with us, you want to restore us, And you want to make the wrong stuff in our lives right. And so we together now pray that prayer that Jesus taught us. Ensure hope, even in the midst of our pain, that you will bring your kingdom. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as God has put upon your hearts to be a person or to be a family of generosity, May this be a day of, even though you might feel empty, of letting that sense of God's presence overflow in generous giving. Let us give together. Good gifts come from you, gracious God. And so these gifts are returned to you in joy, in hope, in the sense that you will make everything right, even when we show up empty. And so these are offered to you as we offer ourselves to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen.